Hey folks, great to see you. We are live from the rectory again. <laughs> and um, Louise, I promise you and I do spend a bit of time in the same room. <laughs> but we, are, we just thought we'd jump onto Zoom and record today's session um, for, for us together and share that with you like this. So, hey Lou, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm really good. Um, now, if you've been tracking with us um, over the last few weeks, we've been just articulating core values for us as Chank that we believe God has revealed to us through Scripture, um, through who he's called us to be, that we believe are crucial for us all to connect with and live out as we seek to realise our calling as a church and the vision the Lord's given us towards 2033. Um, so, Lou, do you want to introduce what we're looking at this morning? Yep. So we've already done Revival Starts With Me. And then last week, Jim did People Are Precious. And today we are going to be talking about all glory to God, that we as the church here in Chanctonbury want to be a people where everything is just turning back to give glory to God and honour to his name. So, all glory to God. Where do we start with that? Um, some of us may have heard of uh, Copernicus. He was a Renaissance 15th century Polish mathematician and astronomer. And Copernicus was the guy who discovered for the first time and challenged belief uh, five or 600 years ago that the earth was not the center of the universe around which the sun revolved, but actually he is the one who first theorized and then told everybody that actually the earth is one of the planets that revolves around the sun. And I think all glory to God is a highly revolutionary countercultural value in this day and age but it summarizes what happens to all of us when we come to know Jesus when we're saved by him and born again into his kingdom what happens is is that suddenly we have our eyes open to the fact that our lives do not revolve around ourselves or our families or who we've been told we are but actually all of our lives actually revolve around the center of the universe which is God himself yeah yeah and isn't it in our um, 21st century culture particularly as westerners we have got so far from that haven't we so far from our life revolving around the Lord you know, we're, we're taught right from an early age, you be who you want to be, you go after this, you go after that, you're important, you're important, which obviously all of those things are true. But I think when we give our lives to Christ, when we submit our lives to him, then actually it's about dying to ourself and everything we do then being about him. And, you know, so I think for some of us, it's a, it's a new way of thinking. Um, that our life is no longer our own, but our life belongs to Jesus. And therefore, everything we do then 
is following his voice, his call, his mission, his ways. So it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. Yeah, so good. Let's just put a few different biblical passages just around that and talking about starting with Jesus. You know, if any of us have become Christians, uh, many in our church and some just on the edge, what happens is exactly what happened in the Gospels. Jesus reveals himself to us and he, he draws us to, to him in the same way that, that he did the first disciples. Jesus said, do you remember to those fishermen on the edge of the shore, he said, follow me. Jesus didn't say, follow me and you will be blessed. He didn't say, follow me and you will find an abundant life. He didn't say, follow me and uh, all my promises will be fulfilled in your life. Jesus simply said, follow me. And they must have seen something in Jesus that they just, as the Gospels tell us, they just left everything, left their livelihoods, left their families, and they gave their whole lives to following Jesus, even though they didn't know every eventuality. Yeah. Yeah, in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so it's that shift. Yep, it's not all glory to me. It's not all my life's my own, but actually, no, I choose to lay it down. I thank you, Jesus, that you um, laid your da life down for me. And my surrendered life is yours. I freely give it to you for your glory. I think also if you look in the Old Testament now, scripture in the Old Testament, Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. You know, he doesn't want, he won't, in fact, give his glory to any other name. He won't give his glory to me. He won't give his glory to you. We were born for a relationship with him and we were born to reveal his glory, his nature, his character to those around us and to the world. And 1 Chronicles 16 uh, verse 22 says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So I think we're just trying to start with that shift that we're not worthy to be praised. It's not our name that is worthy to be praised. It's not our name that is going out to the nations. Actually, it's him. He is the center of the universe. And we revolve around him our lives just lay down to him and submitted to him so good so good just to put a bit of uh one or two other new testament scriptures around that as well you know if i said in church who here loves the holy spirit everyone would go yay um well we're called aren't we um according to romans chapter eight to be led by the spirit and the holy spirit is not just a magical feeling we get the holy spirit is the third person of the trinity the spirit of jesus the one who is constantly saying jesus is the focus jesus is the focus jesus is the focus and jesus is the one saying the father's the focus he's the one i obey he's the one i obey 
And so when we say, yeah, I want to be a Holy Spirit person, we are saying, I am giving away my right to leadership over my life. And I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit, who is going to be constantly then speaking to me and giving me opportunities to obey or not. And he's going to be showing me Jesus, who is now my Lord. And Jesus is going to be showing me the will of the Father. And if I lay my life down and follow the, uh, the voice of the Spirit, then I, I am living what we're talking about. All glory to God. He's in charge of my life and all of our lives. And that's the invitation we all get to, all get to go on. Yeah. And I think it would be amazing, wouldn't it, if we as a church were full of people whose lives constantly pointed to God, constantly pointed to the Father and the glorious works of Jesus. And, you know, then our lives wouldn't point to, wow, Lee's a great person or James is a great person, but our lives constantly, everything we did was a reflection of the one we love and we serve. So let's just dig into this a little bit. Again, if you and I, you know, said to everybody engaging in this morning, who here believes all glory should go to God? Most people would go, yeah, we do. But how, how come we don't always live that out if we're really honest? And, and my question is, Lee, how do we handle ourselves? Because let's be honest, we probably all experienced some personal maybe secret enjoyment where we've done something for God that's gone really well and someone's praised us or we've, we've done something not completely altruistically for somebody else. And, and, we, and we've, you know, and all the time, like how do we handle ourselves within all of that? Um, some of us here may say, do you know what? My tendency is to be quite a proud person. You know, how do we handle ourselves um, if we want to really be a people who give all glory to God in every aspect of our lives. Yeah, I think, I think one, one thing I've been thinking about is it's so easy to love the gifts that the Lord gives us. He freely gives us gifts. And yet it's, it's harder to love the giver. And I think that that's one aspect that we as a church um, and us as individuals, maybe we can um, just remember that how God gifts us or the gifts that we see in others, that actually they're only given, they only have gifts. We only have gifts because it comes from God. Mm. It doesn't come from us. They are freely given because he loves us and he wants to edify his church and bring glory to his name. So I think, you know, one thing that we can do is to constantly remember, look past the gift, look past the anointing that you either have or you see in others and look to the person who's given that anointing or given the gift. It's funny, isn't it? You know, the Bible talks about honoring everyone. Jim mentioned that in his brilliant message on people are precious a week ago. But it's almost like at one end of the honor spectrum is not being nice to people. We could say all glory to God, you know, so that means almost you trip into a negative self-esteem. You never say thank you or you never um, build somebody up or, or, or praise them for, for what they're doing. 
But at the other end of the honor spectrum could be tripping into maybe idolizing people at times or or sometimes you see wow they're they're just so anointed by god and you think oh, i've got to be around them or i've got to pursue them or i've got to be intentional about spending time or watching them on youtube or, or whatever it is and and again straight away it, it's kind of moving away from honor perhaps into idolatry and not maybe remembering what you're saying which is wow they are anointed because god in his kindness and mercy has poured out his anointing upon them and has chosen to use them to work out his kingdom yeah um, i think i think probably as well as humans we are all prone to idolatry because we were born to worship but we were born to worship god and so i think if we are not worshiping god with our, our whole heart then there are parts of us that are able to worship other things. And I think just pay attention to how much we do idolize people or gifts and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you, you know, am, am I idolatrous? Do I look at other people and do I get jealous of their gifts or do I put them on a pedestal? Um, do I do that in my own life? Holy Spirit, show me, bring purity to my life, bring you know, make me so sensitive to your voice that I can see if I am putting anyone above you, Jesus, and just have that conversation with the Lord and then listen to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, that, you know, that conviction and respond to it and just change your life to match what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Be obedient to his voice. I had a sobering moment. Um, some years ago you remember you know we lived in in London and in those days we both got to um, do a bit of traveling in ministry and I remember waking up one morning in Holland and I was speaking at a conference later that day and I woke up and I was just having having a, a prayer time just laying it all before the Lord and suddenly I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say did I really call you to accept this invitation to speak at this conference? And being honest, I knew that I'd accepted it because it was fun. It was a break from the everyday back in London. And if I was really honest, because, you know, when you come in somewhere as a speaker, you know, everybody does slightly put you on a pedestal and, you know, and I was enjoying that a bit and I felt God speak to me and I was like, ah, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent. I didn't seek you about whether I should say yes to this or not. And it just really convicted me a long, you know, a, lo a long time then. Just sometimes we can just get swept along in things or even enjoy the buzz of doing things for God and yet forget, hang on a minute, we're meant to be led by him, which means seeking him for his will in every single situation and decision. Um, I think I think all glory to God also means responding constantly with thankfulness and knowing that he blesses us with so much and knowing that you know, he gives breath in our lungs that everything is about him because again like we said it's so easy to just focus on the day-to-day -day or on my living or on my family or on my work or whatever I got facing me today. 
and it, it it's easy to forget no thank you lord i bless your name thank you that you've given me life thank you that you've forgiven me thank you for your mercies that are new every day mm-hmm. and just remembering um his goodness remember his character remembering his nature and then again, it helps us to shift our focus off ourselves and onto him. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, so just trying to earth that for us practically. How, how do we, you've been mentioning it already, just any other questions you think it's good for us as Christians to be asking ourselves just in our own prayer times, in our own thought life? Um, how, how can we really live in a really healthy way where we are bringing honor and glory to God in all things? I, I think it, it comes back to, it's no longer I that live, but he that lives within me. And I think it links back to our first talk. I think the more, the more we surrender our own life, the less we care about our reputation the less we care about what people think of us, um, the less we hold tightly to our own life and die to it, then the more of God comes out in who we are, the more the world can see Jesus in us and the more then we reflect his character and his glory. So again, you cannot get away from spending time with him, Mm. from becoming, uh, just knowing his word, listening to his voice. There's no shortcuts with our faith. Mm. You know, it's our faith is demanding. Mm. Our faith is costly, but it's the best thing ever. But as we lay our life down, as we choose the narrow road, then that is what the world sees. The world sees Jesus and um, you know, we're a light in the world as we do that. So just spend time with him, knowing his voice, knowing his word, um, knowing his pleasure in us, conforming to who he is. Mm. And I think naturally then starts to flow glory to God. Mm. So good. Just, I think from, from, from myself, I just try and keep a monitor on the internal dialogue I've got going on in my head. You know, I know that pride leads to destruction. (laughs) God resists the proud, the Bible says, but gives grace to the humble. So if I'm starting to think these thoughts, I have to deal with that quickly and get it away from me. By the same token, if I'm full of despair, or negative thoughts, or I'm crushed with fear, or whatever it is, I need to reconnect with the love of God, so that I can remember it's it's in in His love that He saved my life. It's in His good pleasure that He loves me. And just one one practical thing that I do, just in terms of my own prayer life, to help with this is as I always take myself to the throne room. And if you read Revelation chapter four and chapter five, you know, we've got this incredible um, description of the heavenly throne room. And you've got thunder rumbling, lightning flashing. 
You've got 10 million angels gathered around the throne. You've got the elders bowing down, you know, taking off their crowns. You've got cherubim and seraphim. You've got a crystal river flowing from the throne of God. But I'll tell you what, every eye is focused where? <laughs> it's focused on the throne of God. It's focused on the lamb who was slain. It's focused on God. And I, I just, when I'm praying, you know, let's say I'm buzzing because we're excited about what's going on, but I don't want that to go into pride. I go into the throne room of heaven and suddenly, or, or if I'm afraid, oftentimes, you know, suddenly the challenges of life suddenly seem insignificant before the, the power and honor and glory and majesty of God. But also, you know, my pride slips away because I'm like, oh my goodness, and we begin to get swept into the eternal symphony of heaven, which is worthy is the lamb, you know, who was slain to receive all honor and glory and praise. So I just, I don't know, I hope that's a practical, um, prophetic, spiritual uh, way that we can just help one another, you know, join in with what is going on in heaven, which is every eye focused yeah. on, on the Lord. I was saying to you, wasn't I, that, you know, we are going to spend eternity forever and ever and ever worshipping the one. And we better get used to doing it now. <laughs> you know, it's not about us. It's about him and his glory. And I was just thinking as you were, as you were talking about that, wouldn't it be awesome if we were like arrows? They kind of, we're arrows and we're constantly pointing to Jesus. Mm. Yeah everything in our life was an arrow directing to him so that whatever people saw in us it would just be straight away to jesus to jesus to jesus mm, come on so we want to be a church don't we who yeah we don't want to be like the world we don't want to build a brand we don't want to build a name or names or it's just not who we are. We know we are not called to that. We want to be a whole church who are bowing the knee before the Lord, arrows pointing towards him, that anybody who's, who enters our church, anyone who listens to a talk, anyone who has anything to do with any member of our church will just see hearts bowed down, lives surrendered, and that he is lifted high. He is glorified in this place and no other name. Yeah. I was on. also uh, I was thinking earlier this morning that we are the body of Christ as the church. We are the body. And as people, we don't look at a body, do we? When we're, you know, we look at the face, we look at the head. And actually, again, I want us as a church not to be looking at the body, but actually to be looking at the head who is Jesus Christ so that in everything we do, we are revealing the head of the church who is Jesus. And, and again, I just want to sort of emphasize that this is not, not to have negative, poor self-image for us as Christians. We are loved by the Lord. Father loves us so deeply. But even that is a spin-off from the core first truth that we are loved because he first loved us. You know, because he loves the world, that's why we're saved. You know, the, the discovery of our identity in him is crucial for every Christian to know they're loved, to get healed up on the inside, 
then to know our authority in Christ, to then discover the gifts upon our lives, and then to discover the purpose we're on the planet for. All of that is really important, but let's just remember we're living in the 21st century in the Western world in a society where if you take God out of the equation, we have to worship ourselves. So all of the things I've just been talking about are awesome, but they're all secondary byproducts, overflows, from the fact that we've done this Copernican revolution to fix our gaze on him, who is, is just the most glorious, wonderful, kind, holy, splendid one that we could ever imagine. Um, so, so Lou, just help us, um, I think the final, final sort of area we just wanted to touch on, are, what are the implications of this living in this day and age that we find ourselves in? in the early stages of the second decade of the 21st century in the Western world, where we are here in West Sussex, what are some of the implications? Um, to shift from me, 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 to God first. Um, that are from our waking to our sleeping, we are in communion with Jesus, that he is guiding our every footstep. I think that that's first and foremost to me because I think then everything changes. Mm. Um, I think also at all costs, and I think this is into the, the church as well as the world, at all costs, do not um, try and make or receive glory or grow glory or your own name. Basically don't go after glory for your own name. Mm. And I think, you know, you look at the Christian world and you can see speakers, prophets, whatever, whatever. And, you know, it. I'm sure they're not wanting to do this, but we talk about people's names and people can do this and people's gifting and all that. And yet, as I said before, everything is a gift from God. Everything is from him to point towards him or to build the church. He doesn't ever give a gift so that someone's name can be glorified. But he gives a gift for the church to be built up, for the body of Christ to be strengthened and for his name to be glorified. Yeah. So just pay attention to that. And if you feel that creeping into your life or if you're idolizing somebody else's gift or ministry, just die to it. Simple, just die. <laughs> so, so good, so good. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's really funny, isn't it? I think uh, until probably the last three or 400 years, most civilizations through history have articulated some kind of gods. They may be pagan gods, they may be other religions, you know, and all of that. And yet we, we are, you know, fairly unique in the modern Western world of having this rational scientific mindset that ultimately has um, eroded God from the public square. But the problem is, because we're made as human beings to worship, that's who we're made to be. If you take God out of the equation, or even other gods, we have to worship ourselves. So, you know, it's, it's funny, isn't it? In our day and age, we are the society whereby we create our own websites, with our faces on them and we project them to the world. And it's called Facebook. 
you know, and it's like no other, no other generation or society has done this through the ages. And so I think being spiritually intelligent about what is swirling around us in the world today means that we just, I think, in terms of moving into maturity, we just need to, as you've been saying, Lou, just be challenging ourselves. Where do I come under that? And what do I need to break free from so that I'm going to live a life um, modeling heaven, which is where the, the, the gaze of my life and my eyes are on the throne of, of God and are on the slain lamb, Jesus Christ, uh, who loves us. Um, so, um, what would you what, what would you love to see? You know, in five, ten years' time, uh, as society is really accelerating at the moment, yeah. what would you like to see looking ahead for us as church? I think um, I would say even this week we are seeing, aren't we, that you're having to stand up quite strongly at the moment as a Christian, and we are getting more and more distinct as the world gets less and less Christian and following biblical principles. And, but I think the scary thing about that is that we have to be really strong and we have to stand up for what we believe. But the great thing about that is uh, it's more obvious that we are followers of Jesus. And it's more obvious that we are light, that we're different. And so my prayer is as the world gets more, or should I say just less Christian, that my prayer is that we in our lives will get lighter and brighter and will reveal just the glory of God in our lives and do the mission that we were all called to do, which was to declare his glory among the nations. And I think, although it may feel challenging at times with society changing it's such an opportunity because we get to be different we get to reveal more of God his character his nature and his glory among the nations amen and I think I would just add to that I see the next decade offering great opportunity and potentially great influence for the church you know, I think that for us, I would love us to take so much opportunity and step into so much godly influence in the rebuilding of society and community. But for us to never get seduced by suddenly it all becoming about us or take our eyes off the giver of life, of the one who is gifting us with opportunity and influence. Um, and so that truly people might say, um, wow, I don't know what is on those people, but God must be real. God must be incredible to motivate those people to do that rather than Chanctonbury accumulating a great name or some of us leaders at the top. Oh, do you know they've got a great guy, Jim Waddell there? He's just the most lovely, lovely man. You know, whatever. Jim is really, really lovely. But actually, we just want Jesus to be known and to be revealed through everything that we do. Amen. Hun, do you want to just finish with um, something you were reading this week um, about just living for the Lord and dying to self? Okay. Yeah. And the reason we're reading it is because as we 
as we die to self, then we can be free to just live by the spirit. Because yeah, we're not worried about what people think. Um, and we're just free to live for Jesus and him alone, not by we, flesh. We were saying to one another, do you remember back in October when we, we challenged ourselves as a church with the question, do you think about money more than you think about God? I think we were challenging one another, just preparing for today, about actually what this looks like is, do we think about God more than we think about ourselves? because that's the dethroning of self in our hearts as we live in, in our particular day and age and society as we live it out. Anyway, yeah. back to you, Han. Anyway, I, I was just reading um, a Smith Wigglesworth daily devotion this morning and I loved this. And I think it's a really, really helpful way to think about what dying to self looks like. So I'm gonna read out a story. It says, a young monk came one day to his father's superior and asked, Father, what is it to be dead to self? The father replied, I cannot explain it now, but I have a duty for you to perform. Brother Martin died last week and is buried in the churchyard of our order. Go to his grave, standing close beside it, repeat in a loud voice all the good things you have ever heard of him. Of him. After this, say all the flattering things you can invent and attribute to him every saintly grace and virtue without regard to truth, and then report the result to me. The young monk went to do his bidding, wondering what all this could mean. Soon he returned and the father asked him what had transpired. Why nothing, replied the young man. I did as you told me and that was all. Did brother Martin wake up, make a reply? asked the superior. Of course he didn't, for he was dead, said the monk. The elder shook his head thoughtfully, saying, hmm, that is very strange. Go again tomorrow at the same hour and repeat at the graveside all the evil you have ever heard concerning Brother Martin. Add to that the worst slander and character assassination your mind can ever imagine and report the result to me. Again, the young man obeyed and brought back the same report. He had heaped unlimited abuse on the head of Brother Martin and yet had received no reply. From Brother Martin, you may learn, said the father, what it is to be dead to self. Neither flattery nor abuse has moved him, for he is dead. So the disciple who is dead to self will be insensible to these things, hearing neither voice of praise nor retaliation. All personal feelings will be lost in the service of Christ. And I just loved that because I felt I wanna be that person that when someone is flattering me and saying, wow, 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 you're so amazing, that I don't take my eyes off Jesus and I'm still glory to you, Jesus, glory to you but neither do I want it as well when someone's heaping abuse at me to go, oh, and it will be about me again. I wanna be not moved by any of those things or anything else, fleshly or wordly. I just wanna be moved by the spirit and eyes on him. So I hope that's helpful to you guys because oh. I, I thought it was great. So good. Han, why don't you just turn that into a prayer for us? Yeah. Just to be close. Yeah. 
And Lord, our lives are all about you. We give you all the glory. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for each one of us. We thank you for your promises. We thank you that you are faithful, that you are true. I thank you that you have saved us. And we just want to be people, be a church who turns everything back to you in thankfulness, in praise, in adoration. And that we as individuals and a whole church will be people who constantly are like arrows pointing to Jesus, pointing to worship, being a light in this world. And our heart's desire is that your glory and your name will be known in our villages, in our families, in our workplace, in our school, in this nation, that your glory will be told and revealed through us, your people. Thank you, Jesus. So strengthen us, purify our hearts. Um, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in all of us. Show us areas of our life where we need to die that we may fully live for you. And we just stand as your people of God and we just say all glory to you. We love you and we surrender our lives to you. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, Father, we, we just thank you for your kindness and your mercy in our lives. As we go from here, we just pray the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. May he rest upon our lives as church. May he work amongst those we pray for and love. And may he send us from here in the power of his spirit. We pray this in his name. Amen. 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 My goodness, we miss you all. Lots of love. We'll see you soon. All glory to God. God bless. Bye.